joining us on stage. Um, Dame Sheridan Smith, as she doubtless, as she doubtless will be one day, so we might as well get it out of the out of the way now. Um, only OBE at the moment, I think, is it? Yes, but um, uh, one of our greatest actresses, and you've just seen her performance um, in uh, the Moor Side. Um, the people on stage already have won so many BAFTA awards between them that apparently, <coughs> if they win one more for this, they get to keep the whole building. <laughs> Ken Horn, who is the producer. Um, Paul Whittington, the director, and Neil Mackay, uh, writer and executive producer. Um, Jeff Pope is about to join us here on stage. And we're just saying that um, Jeff and Neil, and they've worked on various um, controversial real-life stories. Um, so you have to, you've had to tussle with those issues a lot yeah. as to what it's going to be like for the people who lived mm. through it to see it dramatised. Yes. I think why... I've looked into these stories, and a lot of them I've, I've made with Neil. It's because I think as, um, what, what you're looking for are extremes of, of, of human, human behavior, I guess, and try not to turn into some kind of psychoanalysis. But at, in, in crimes like the stories we've taken on the Moore's murders and appropriate adult, there are extremes of behavior, and there are extremes of conflict. And so... In, that's, that's what draws me to those stories. Um, and I think the thing that, um, that we've developed over the years is a way of looking at them that's not prurient, that's not kind of, you know, we don't... It, this story was not about the ordeal of, of, of um, Shannon. It wasn't about whatever happened. I was going to say, it's interesting where we don't go, and we'll talk to mm. Neil about that in a moment. We never go to mm. the, um, mm. the house with the divan bed in it or yeah. any of that. And yeah. we, only, we, we only ever see a couple of glimpses of uh, yeah. Shannon Matthews from behind. Yeah, a huge amount of thought went into it. We looked at the story, and then we thought, well, why would you tell the story? What's, what's your way into it? And what emerged, at any given point in time, we're looking at a number of different stories and thinking maybe this might be there might be something interesting here maybe this will reveal something I mean always what what we're trying to do is to kind of uh, there's a, a tip of the iceberg of this story that pokes above the water and a whole lot below it and that is the thing that that, that we find fascinating to explain <coughs> what happened um, and when we looked into the story we found that really it was a story of of, of the women of that estate and, and they tried so hard, and they came together so wonderfully. I was talking to Sheridan the other day, and there was a, a great quote she made when she said, she said to me that someone, when you empower someone like, someone like Julie Bushby, there's, there's nothing she can't do. It's just that not very often in her life does Julie get empowered. So that was a story we followed, and we thought that, that enabled us to take us all the way through the, the, uh, the fight, the hope, the joy when they found her, and then the terrible betrayal, and then how to cope. Sheridan, on that, the betrayal, because it's um, a heartbreaking story, Julian, a very unusual one, because, as you know, there have been lots of, particularly American films, about someone who takes on a corporation, or, um, and they win, generally, at the end, and there are these great scenes. What's astonishing about this story is the, just the betrayal, that she has that trust and then is betrayed. Yeah, um, sorry, absolutely, yeah. I mean, I think that's the thing. Julie never wanted to see the bad in you know, Karen. She never wanted to give up hope. And when everyone else around her could kind of see, she just didn't want to admit that, you know. Um, I mean, me and Julia are still 
friends. I've got such, such admiration for everyone on that estate, I have to say, and, and all the people that we met whilst filming, um, but especially the women, and especially Julie, who, you know, she just refused to give up, and I just think that's so admirable. And like I said to Jeff the other day, you know, women like that, they're given a chance, and they just, nothing they can do, can't do. We're, we're friends today, me and Julie, you know, we were speaking yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, we've become really good pals. And if you play a real person, and you've you've done it before, there's a choice that actors have to make. Are you going to meet that person? But also, more importantly, what are you doing? Are you trying to impersonate them? Or? Well, Julie's much stronger than I am. <laughs> um, so she's a tough kid, she, but she's got a heart of gold, an absolute <coughs> heart of gold. And, um, and well, it's always lovely to meet them. And, you know, like with, um, when we were, me and Jeff and Paul were together on Mrs. Biggs and Scylla, there was so mm. much research mm. that we could look into online and... You know, but actually meeting Julie and we, there was one night, the scene before um, the cot death, uh, when, when I go to the church and um, and she talks about that and Julie came round to where I was staying and, and we had a really kind of like real heart to heart the night before and she really helped me the whole journey all the way along. Um, and yeah, I just I got to love her, you know. And what are you, um, when you play a real person, what are you looking for? Are you trying to steal little things from them, how they talk and how they move? And Yeah, absolutely. Their kind of mannerisms, their walk, their, you know, it's always nice to lose yourself and just be a completely different character, you know, and so hence the, the hairdo. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Julie Walters, when she played Mo Molan, which is something Neil knows um, a lot about, she said she asked for footage of her just before the camera started rolling on current affairs oh, programmes really? so that she saw her when she wasn't being Mo Molan and when she didn't know. And I thought that's that was quite interesting, interesting because, yeah, yeah, because you're trying to catch someone when they're not performing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We did a lot of that kind of thing with um, Scylla as well, didn't mm. we? Yeah. We went for dinner with them. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was. Yeah. Because people are quite different, aren't they? So that's what you're looking that for. That is very real. true. Yeah. yeah, whereas Julie, what you see is what you get. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the, the, it seems quite a banal question, but the, can the title, because it interests me that, because there have been several, and um, even in the emails <laughs> I've been sent, it's been called More Side, The More Side, The More Side Project. On the other hand, there are certain networks who we won't name who would have called it something like 22 Days Under the Bed, the Shannon Matthews story. Um, and clearly, deliberately, you haven't gone for anything like that. No, because, well, as you can see, it's not that kind of drama. Um, we did have long, long debates about the title. We did have another title. I'm not sure how much of this I'm really supposed to say. Just I mean, say it, Ken. You're say among it. friends. Say it. We had, we had uh, decided on one title, which we thought captured it. And then there was another drama around that had a very similar title. So we had to... Oh, and what was it? <laughs> um, we were going to call it um, One of Our Own. Oh. OK, and then there was another drama called One of Us. Mm. So we decided to... So we originally to called it uh, Julie and Our Friends. Julie and Our Friends as well, yeah. 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 You know, right, for, for a long time, because, you know, sort of that's what it was. But mm. then again, that made it just like it was just them and actually it was the community was sort of... All, all through the edit, it was just more side. Yeah. Uh, because we still hadn't worked out the title. I think in the end, I was really... Uh, I think it was happy. And I think you can't, you can't say to everyone, this isn't a story about Shannon, this isn't a story about Karen Matthews. This is, you know, so, and then have a title that says, you know, Under the Bed or whatever, that awful... You know, you, or the, Shannon, the disappearance of Shannon yeah. Matthews. Or, some, because or, there yeah. would be some recognition for that, wouldn't there? But yeah. Yeah. You've gone without that, yeah. Because yeah. You say, it's not that story because the, particularly that second half, I mean, you don't, um, I saw it tonight together and then I saw it separately before. You don't know where it's going to go in that second half, the extent to which it's going to be Julie's story. I mean, it becomes her drama, doesn't it? 
Yeah, yes, and I think you, um, you know, it, you kind of, it, maybe it's seeded in the first episode, but, but what unfolds in the second is that both our central two characters, Sheridan's character, Julie, and Sean's char character, Natalie, were both sexually abused. They, and when that happens to you, you kind of lose your childhood. And then Julie lost a baby as well to cot death, and you realise actually what's the thing that really sits so deep with those women is a story of a lost child is goes to the to the you know goes to the heart of them the, as people, and that sort of unfurls in the second episode in a way that um, you know only, only we only got to know about through spending a long long time with the women you know. And Neil, as you know, you've done many of these uh, based on real life dramas, and there's always a caption. Mm. The wording can change, but it's always along the lines, as we saw at the start tonight, mm. of certain scenes mm. have been mm. uh, imagined for dramatic purposes. Yeah. Um, that makes uh, critics, particularly journalists, they yeah. the, and viewers, you don't know which bits are and which bits aren't. Yeah, yeah. Now, I'm assuming, to take, to take two examples, because I don't think you would have dared make them up. Make them up. The scene where um, Karen dances to the... Um, mobile phone, mm -hmm. that must have happened. Mm -hmm. And the scene in the car must have happened. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, also just to say that I hate that disclaimer, but we have to do it and mm. see why. A.A. Gill used to call it the forked tongue disclaimer, didn't he? Mm. And I resent it because yeah. I think we try, this gang here, try yeah. much, much harder than others. And it's, it for, le it's, for, legal, it's, it's for legal way. reasons you have to do it. Yeah, we have, yeah. It's, it's, it's also, it's also uh, I guess, uh, in its deepest sense, a contract with the audience. Yes. So we're being absolutely scrupulous. The, the, the Except as Neil's suggesting, sorry, Jeff, the mm. problem is that the audience, they may suspect it's... No, I know, I know. It, it, that's the risk, isn't yes, it? Yes, it is, it is. And, and, and like Neil, it is very, very difficult to, to come up with a wording that satisfies us and yet is honest. I think... For the, the purposes of this drama, all those scenes you might think, God, is that true? They are true. Yeah. You know, dancing to yeah. the... Um, Telephone, walking through the park with Karen, waving at passers-by. Sharon's, uh, Sh uh, Shannon's famous now. Um, all those ones, Craig, me, and attempting suicide by Calpol. I mean, you know, <laughs> which yeah. is which is on the Channel Four mm. doc documentary. Actually, if you like. Which so, give us the counterexample of one you counter did make I'm tempted to say we, uh, we gave Julie three geese and she only had two in real life. <laughs> uh, they were called Juicy and Lucy. So the dedication to our executive producer, Lucy Rich, of that. <laughs> um, but uh, I think as much as anything, uh, what hap what's happened on this and probably on everything that I've tried to do, it doesn't matter if it's a lightweight comic story, it doesn't, but on this it does, you know, it is the contract with the audience. And I'd, uh, I think there's... Uh, Things change according to location. So I know that Julie had many conversations with the Reverend Cathy about the loss of her child. I don't know that on that day at that time she went to the church and had that conversation. So you set that scene in the church. Um, the, the but, that astound, sorry, but that astounding speech that Sharon has at the end. Oh, in court. I, in court. I, I'd be distressed beyond belief if people yeah. thought that didn't happen. But, but it is amazing because Ibsen would have loved to have written that speech, but okay. it was genuinely what she said. Uh, well, listen, Julie's, as Sheridan <laughs> knows, you know, speaks in her way and tells it like it is. And uh, there would have been, she would have struggled not to swear. She constantly does. She tries to say chuffing instead of fucking, but she doesn't succeed a lot of the time. And shit cakes, is that one of hers? It is one of hers, yeah. And, 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 uh, and uh, go and shit out your mouth, that's one of hers. Right. Shit out your mouth. 
Yeah. Shit, shit cakes is, is, a, is a Yorkshire one, though, is it? Yeah, yeah you reference right. that one, yeah. yeah. It's like Pontefract cakes. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, and very patient, although he did all this work, the director. Um, that, the level of naturalism you get, which you have to in something like that, because we've got to believe that that's really what happened in court, which it was, um, but that those are real people. So just take us through, and Sheridan coming on this uh, as well, uh, but the amount of uh, rehearsal you have before on the day, uh, how many takes, that kind of thing? We, had, we probably had about a week together with the cast, didn't we, before, before we started shooting, which is not an awful long time. And, and, and the rehearsal process is very much less about reading scenes and blocking scenes, and it's more of a discussion, really, about the characters, about the story, about the relationships. Um, not being, going into a lot of detail with that, in terms of what Sheridan was saying before about um, what she took from Julie. You know, we took, um, we looked at each character in detail um, and their relationships and where they go in the story. But really that was a discussion to really um, not be too nailed down once we got on set. Um, always to have, to allow, you know, things to happen on set and have a certain spontaneity to play. Um, not least, you know, the, you know, scenes in the, in the house, for example, we had six or eight handers in there. You know, there was, once the family were in, they were, they were big scenes with a lot of characters. Um, and, and you can, it's interesting if you can allow things to happen a little bit in those spaces. I mean, they were confined spaces. We shot everything on location with two cameras in, in, in front rooms that were 12 foot by 12 foot. But that in itself brings its own sort of naturalism to it, because I feel that, you know, when you're, when you're on an estate like that, and we spent a long time shooting there, in and out of those houses, you get a feel for it. The, the actors can either connect with that community. Then that, that astonishing scene, which I've seen twice today now, in the car, the shooting of that, because it's an incredibly complex scene involving three yeah. people. So how, just talk us through that one. There's always, uh, you know, in the factual dramas I've done, there is always one scene that, that, that kind of looms large <laughs> when you look at the schedule. And, and, and there's always a scene that kind of, because it's, because it's something that you kind of feel if you don't get it right, it's going to undermine the integrity of the, of the entire piece, actually. And, and, and that, not least because obviously it's a pivotal, pivotal plot point, mm. you know, a turning point in the plot. But actually what was crucial about that in, in our story was that the three women who we spoke to who were in that car, Christine, Julie, and Natalie, all said, and all will say to this day, independently of each other, that that is the one, perhaps the one and only time that they felt that they heard the truth from Karen, even though Karen herself has subsequently contradicted some of what was said. So it was vitally important for us, not only to kind of play that scene right, for, but for it to play in the context of the drama, that we as an audience feel that... That's the truth. I feel like for the first time we're hearing the truth and not just another one of Karen's lies. And, um, and so there was a lot of weight riding on that scene. Um, Did you feel that, Sheridan, that that was the, that was the big scene? We spoke about it all. Mm. You know, we all did all the girls. And it, well, for Gemma, it was, you know, it's, it, I mean, it's, you know, um, Natalie talked in court about how the intake of breath, they all said yeah, that yeah. it was kind of chilling that, and Gemma mm. just does it brilliantly. Mm. So it, it was just, it just all happened actually with, with um, Sean and Siobhan and everything. But when you have, I mean, it, it was brilliantly written and, and, and with, with actors of that calibre, you know, for, 
you discuss it a lot, but actually it's about, from my point of view, it's then about ensuring that they, you give them the time and the space for that to play. And we rigged three cameras and shot them simultaneously. Heart attack for the producer. Yeah. <laughs> there, there is, a, there is a, a, a point about the process, though, which is that we try, Neil and I and Ken, try as much as possible to free the creative process on set so that factual drama, if, if it were the, the factual side of it, we've, we've agonised over, and then we've got a script, but then it is drama. It's about allowing Paul and the cast to, to not be, as it were, weighed down or have the, you know, these kind of weights on their back about we have to be accurate, we have to do... We, you know, it's, it's get that out of the way and then create something on set. Mm. That, that's the process. And, and when I started years and years ago, there was a phase dramas like this went through where uh, they would be agonising about some character, would, a character would have a drink. Would it be scotch? Would it be brandy? You know, we've got to be accurate like that. And of course you do, but it's about um, belie believing those characters and about, you know, retaining, a, a, being true to the sense. Well, it's interesting how that matters because David Cross's family objected, didn't they, in the um, Dad's Army uh, document, uh, drama that he was shown chain-smoking, whereas, in fact, he was a fanatical anti-smoker. Yeah. So you can accidentally get those things wrong. Yes. Everyone smoked in the yeah, 60s. Yeah. But that's a trivial example. But um, actors, though, at a simple level, actors will often ask, I'm a non-actor, but I've seen actors in rehearsal rooms, they will ask a director, am I lying or am I telling the <laughs> truth? <laughs> now, with... Um, with the character, it's less so for Julie because she, but you basically knew what she knew at any one point. But with the actor playing Karen, we don't know now, do we, when she was telling the truth and when she wasn't. <laughs> yes and yes. <laughs> yes, I'm lying. Yes, I'm telling the yeah, truth. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what was interesting about approaching Car Karen, what, what Gemma sort of got very early on, we, you know, we, we studied a lot, obviously, a lot of the, the available footage of Karen. We spoke to Julie and Natalie about her. And, and, and there's obviously footage there, you know, when she's presenting in, in news conferences and making appeals, etc. And one, one thing that we did, that we all talked about, and we all sort of identified, that was what was quite interesting, that there, there was, she did get emotional. And when she was emotional in those moments, it felt real, actually. And that wasn't a performance mm. as such. Now, it might not be the real emotion of a, of a mother who's mm. lost, a, who's, whose daughter has, uh, has gone missing, but we talked a lot about, actually, she sort of existed, seemed to exist a lot in the moment, Karen. And, Which and is what those, actors are supposed and, to do. Exactly, and yeah. in those early days, actually, even though with her knowledge of what the truth was, she actually found herself in the eye of a storm. And, and a lot of that mo emotion came from fear and mm. panic mm. and played one way to those of us who, who didn't know what the truth yeah. was. But without making Neil Blush even more, there's that lovely scene that Sheridan has where she watches the, um, after the events, the press conference, and that whole scene, everything in your face, is, was she, she was obviously acting, but when was she acting and when wasn't she? I mean, that's a great scene, I think. <laughs> no, no, but I mean, you played it, you, you did it. <laughs> No, but that's, that's an important scene, though, Sharon, isn't it? For that reason, that it's that question of what... Yeah, well, that, that's Julie, when What was Julie true started, and what wasn't, yeah. yeah. I mean, you do, you know, I mean, as a lot of people would think, kind of, why is she not getting it? And she obviously, she's been trying to put it to the back of her mind that no one could do that to a child, you know, and obviously she's gone through, she's been abused, and so we had to cut that. So she doesn't want to believe it. So that is the moment that she's going, OK, you know, this isn't... You know, that she lets her guard down and goes, right, OK, yeah, something's... 
not right here. So it was a lovely scene. So thank you, Neil. <laughs> the cut, the, Mark, the cutting as well. Um, uh, ben, ben, the editor, is, I saw her earlier. But the cutting as well is, 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 is uh, underline that. So, for instance, there's a scene when her children are taken away from her, which was uh, the, the way uh, Gemma played, well, the way everyone played that scene was, was heartrending and the, the distress was, uh, and then cut, and she's eating a bag of Monster Munch. Mm. You know, and, in, and in that cut, that tells yeah. so much of, of what they were confronted with. When's she lying? Where isn't she? We can't, get, we can't read this woman. Now, we're going to take questions from you. We've got two of my friends out there. We'll do as many as we can. As I say, the, the people on this um, stage have worked on many, many projects, but for the purposes of tonight, because of the time, apart from anything else, we can only take questions on whatever this project is now called, the Moore side. Yes, um, the Moore side. The Moore yeah. side. The more side. Um, so we, we'll only take questions on that, but any that you'd like to... Uh, yes, hands are going up. So, gentlemen on the aisle there. I see that Badly Drawn Boy did the music, which is interesting. How did that come about? Uh, yeah, I, well, I'll t hand over to Paul. I'd worked with him on um, The Fattest Man in Britain, uh, uh, and he did the, um, uh, with, with the, the late, great Carolina Hearn. So I'd worked with him on that, and then just had this thought that, that well, why don't you take over, Paul, about his sensibilities? Something yeah, his sensibilities are, I mean, he's, as you know, I mean, he's, not that it's about this, but he's from the north. It was a, you know, it's a northern, you know, there's something uh, very kind of uh, characteristic about um, about our world that 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 Damon connects with. Uh, Damon Goff is badly drawn boy's name, um, and he just uh, he it was a delicate one. It's a it's a delicate score in terms of how emotional you can make it or how, where you go in terms of suspense. It's a, it's a delicate genre. And sometimes there isn't really. any at all, as in the scene where um, Julian and Natalie are discussing what absolutely. happened to them, yeah, yeah. which is another decision. Absolutely, yeah. very much so. Yeah. And, um, and really, it was kind of there to sort of support the community story, I guess, as much as, as, much as anything, and to try and capture the, the heart of that, um, which, which Damon's sensibilities are particularly strong at. Um, but, but yes, it's also about when you don't, when you don't go there. Obviously, you had contact with the community and you were able to ask all the people in the community questions and things. And you had access to Christine, was it, the police um, liaison officer. Were you able to talk to the police quite a lot in terms of the records and um, how the case was closed and the answers you could get? Uh, we, we spoke to retired police officers. We didn't speak to anybody serving, but the, the retired police officers were so much at the heart of the story. I mean, they may have contacted serving police officers to, to give us some information that um, we didn't necessarily immediately have, but I guess it wasn't a police story, really, in the end. It wasn't a... I mean, it was, but it was a family liaison officer's story, so... There was no great amount of the police investigation that we need. There's loads of footage, wasn't the Paul? Mm. So, I mean, there, we, although we didn't, mm. use, we didn't use documentary footage, it was all recreated. Um, but, um, so, yeah, we, we, you know, our police sources were largely uh, Christine Freeman, who's a wonderful woman, equally one, as wonderful as the others, actually, equally forthright, equally Dewsbury, <laughs> equally Yorkshire, um, and uh, also Kinchy, the, uh, the uh, community liaison officer. Who, um, who is also retired and was very pleased. Probably a good thing he's retired. He'd be on a disciplinary <laughs> for all that. Um, <laughs> all that. Yeah. We asked him about that. Did he mind? Did he mind? And uh, he was well up for it he gave because he's played by ah. uh, Dean Andrews. So. And Ken, just picking up from the question there, um, because 
strictly interpreted. There are BBC guidelines saying that any living person dramatised has to be consulted or informed. Now, obviously, these things can be um, interpreted, and there's a slight leeway in terms of people who have been criminally convicted. But we assumed watching it, you, you don't have to consult um, Karen Matthews. We weren't allowed right. to anyway. Right. We couldn't because she was yeah. serving a, a prison sentence. Yes. Uh, and the same with Craig Meehan. Right. But we contacted members of his family and her family. But they, they didn't get involved in the uh, research. We, 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 we will um, contact, I think, probably everybody. I can't, unless there's some very small part, but we will contact everybody to let them know. That's a, more than anything, it's a courtesy thing, isn't it? You know, Make to them say, aware of it, yeah. It's going to be happening. Um, but that, that's as opposed to um, sitting down and talking it through with them. That, that would have been... Uh, I think it's a bit of a myth, this, about people have to give written permission. No, it's, I think it's it there, in the, the, it's there in the guidelines. No, it's recently they... Well, I think it is in the guidelines. Well, is it, is it more... I always thought it was more if, if you would film something on the street and, I don't know, like... Um, I know you do for that, yeah. But jackass I think, or something. I think you fictional know. you're supposed to... Someone's um, accidentally in shot. Have you had your feedback from Julie yet about your performance? <laughs> you were getting it on Monday. I was with Julie all day and it was <laughs> text messages going back and forth. How, long, how much longer am I going to sat here and they're doing this? So uh, I'm sure you can speak for Go me. on, tell us. Uh, yeah, she rang when she was doing um, interviews with you, wasn't she? And, uh, yeah, she, asked, she said, I've seen it. And I was like... Oh. <laughs> and she was like, yeah, brilliant. I was like... Oh, that's, that's spot on. <laughs> when, she, when, she, when she first met um, uh, uh, Sheridan, she, Sheridan, I think, just had, had a cup of coffee and a, and a, and a cigarette on, and then someone Sorry, said, she said something, and then uh, Ju Julie just looked at her and went... She's shooting up in my estimation. <laughs> Cigarette, check. Coffee, check. <laughs> Giving someone a and, telling off, And Judy cried when she saw it as well. She did. Yeah, so she, she cried. She pretended not. Oh, yeah, yeah. she pretended not to. Mm. Oh, God, yeah. 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 Thanks. It was um, beautifully written, acted, produced, everything. Well done. It was just such a beautiful uh, production. Just a question for the writers and researchers. I, I look at this story, and there's a lot of people you could make the lead um, and tell their story through their eyes. And I think Julie's a brilliant choice. And I think because she did stand up in a different way than anyone else did, that yeah, that makes sense. It seems like this would be a fascinating story to research and write because it's almost, well, you've written it this way at least. It's like in plain sight, the arc of the story is just right there with, with Julie and following her sights. But I would love to hear kind of the formation of how you ended up uh, deciding that because you obviously did in-depth research. So at, at what point did this, this storyline, the arc or, the, or the, the clarity for your story, which is very well I, I, told. Sorry, Neil about. the writer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. one writer. Yeah, yeah I mean, um, yeah, Jeff had, a, had a, a, a sort of shape in his head when we first began to talk about it. But we always approach these things with a completely open mind, as if we know nothing, because actually we don't really. No. And um, so uh, I arrived on uh, Julie Bushby's doorstep, um, and uh, actually she didn't have geese at that time. She had a bloody great Alsatian, and uh, <laughs> knocked on the door. Uh, are you Julie Bushby? Uh, actually, I'd seen her walking up the street. She was stood, as she often is, in the mm. front window, 
in her gym jams and, and dressing gown. And I knocked on the door, are you Julie Bushby? And uh, she said, depends who's asking. <laughs> <laughs> and then you've kind of got a golden five minutes, really, to get through, the, as you know, Mark, to, to sort of, will, is somebody going to talk to you? And, and, and then I just go in, you know, I know, just tell me what happened, because I don't know. And then speak to Julie, speak to Natalie, and it began to, uh, it just began to form. And I think we stayed quite close to the shape that Jeff had in mind originally, which is yeah. somewhat unusual, actually. Sometimes they can But in that, and I mean this as a compliment, it, it, um, appropriate adult, it has some overlap with, because we're seeing these mm. um, headline events, rather mm. distressing events, but through a completely unexpected yes. perspective. Yes. In the same way that we do the Fred West story through Janet Leach, people haven't yeah. seen it. We see it through the woman who, by law, had to sit in on the... It's, it's, it's an incredibly book. useful device because it just means you don't have to show the crime, you don't have to show horrible things. Yeah. Anyway, who knows? Sometimes at the heart of a crime, who the hell knows, really? Because, they, because they, they, they could be lying. I mean, they who could knows? be lying, you're yeah. dealing with psychopaths. And, and actually, our, our interest, I think I'll probably speak for all of us up here, our interest is how these massive stories, and they are massive, kind of wash over our lives, you know, and you sort of take a, a point of view, which is somebody who's at the centre of it, but doesn't necessarily know everything. It's, it's, writers here will know that's, that's often, the God's eye view is harder to do because who knows, but the, the, the point of view of a person going into a room who doesn't know what's what, yeah. That's, that helps you a lot, I think. And we have three points of view, actually. We have, we have Sheridan Julie's, uh, Natalie Sean's, and, and Christine Freeman's. Three women looking at this fourth woman and thinking, what is it's this? It's sort of pointless to try and get inside the head of, say, Fred West or, or Ian Brady, or even, or even Karen, because uh, I, it, what, does, what purpose does that? We'll kind of leave that to Quentin Tarantino, I think. It's, mm. it's what, our story, we wanted to tell a different story. To answer your question, it's a, it's an, it is a process that, that we stumbled on over the years, but it, it, it is going over and over and over and over the material, constantly adding to it, constantly trying to speak to new people. And in the end, the story suggests itself, really, because there are key, key things, and you start to think, well, OK, we, that goes there, and we're going to build to that. So it's that process of continually going... I mean, Neil... Neil um, will spend years on these, uh, did on this. You know, I'd forgotten until Sheridan reminded me that I'd first talked to you about this and Paul in Melbourne when we were in 2012, I think it was, or 13 when we shot that. So I'd forgotten it went back that far. And Neil was at that point, the me first meeting with Julie was close to then. So it's a long, long process. You can't just pull them off the shelf. The final question, obvious one for you, other, uh, you must get asked all the time, but everyone wants to know other real-life stories that you wish to do? Uh, yes, but no comment. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the one that everyone always asks, both of you, as you know, is Jimmy Savile, that at some point yes. you will... Yes. You know, Jeff and I think about lots of, lots of these possibilities. Well, we all do here. We think about, but, it, but in a way, it's how and what and why. Why? Yeah. You know, why are you doing it? You know, just because it's a big story, should you be doing it? You know, my, I always think working on these things, if it doesn't keep me awake at night, I shouldn't be doing it. You know, you've got to, there's, there's got to be a reason, not just because it's there, you know. Yeah. What, what are you going to say about it? Anyway, thank you very much <laughs> to our panel, and thank you very much to <laughs> all of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks.